I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, hello there, everyone. Everyone? Everyone. I don't know, this can't be everyone. Seven billion people aren't listening to this right now. Or are they? Are we at seven billion yet? I feel like we are as a planet. I feel like we've done a lot of fucking and uh, made other humans. It's a weird idea, that, isn't it? That just jamming your genitals together would then create another human. Through friction, I think, is how it works. I don't know. I didn't really get a lot of sex education. But I'm assuming it's some sort of friction thing, like a spark that fires off and then spontaneously turns into a human. I think that's correct. Um, But hopefully today's guest will be able to uh, correct us on that because they work with sex. They are a pornographer a writer, a model, an actress, um, I'm missing something, oh, a sex advice columnist, which would be someone you could ask how babies are made, I'm fairly sure she's probably been asked that before, so she'll have some sort of stock standard answer for that, but yes, today it's Stoya, Um, we met up when I was over in New York for my anniversary, which is just a really you know, me just showing off that I went to New York for my anniversary, ate really good food, and walked, and, uh, yeah, oh, and then got really sick, which is always good, so Andrea had to just then waste three days of the trip checking that I hadn't died yet, I feel bad for the girl, to be fair, well, I feel bad for her anyway, she suffers me, but also suffering me with uh, with how do I say this politely with stuff coming out of both ends um, so, so this is going to be done in two parts um, Stoya's done so much stuff and there was so much to talk about that um, I think it, it makes more sense to break it down into two chunks so the first part, this part we're going to talk uh, about Sex again, edu- 
in this part we're going to talk about sex education her advice column with slate zero spaces which is a, a media project about around sex still pornographic but also cerebral and hard to describe just go to zerospaces.com and you can you can just go there and, and go oh this is what it is dan didn't explain that very well um we also talk a little about her book uh philosophy pussycats and porn which you can get at all good bookshops but if you search out stoyer's big cartel page you can buy uh, sign copies on there i didn't actually google that before saying this so they might be sold out or you could be really far in the future so they're definitely sold out we also talk about writing in general so you can check out Stoyer's writing at hellostoyer.com in part two we focus a lot more on other creative endeavors like her acting um but i'm not going to spoil all that now you'll just have to wait till part two to hear about part two now we're talking about part one stop being stop being so damn impatient people um i think i've plugged everything i wanted to plug for her i'll plug it all again next week hey hey and yeah these will be a week apart not our normal fortnightly so hopefully uh you won't have forgotten what went on i'm not going to give you a recap next week i'm not that kind um these intros are getting i can't decide if these intros are getting just unbearably rambly or maybe air quotes charming Uh, (laughs) but this is how they're gonna be there's enough plugging of what's coming up and there's enough plugging of hellostoyer.com (laughs) zerospaces.com and the book now i have to plug me you know guys music downthesack.bandcamp.com is on you can hear it right now it's very good you should buy it or just take it for free it's pay what you want um also patreon.com forward slash downthesack if you want to support the podcast basically money yeah as a concept not sure if you know it but you, you earn money by doing things and then you spend that money eat things yeah like I, I know it's a complex concept and stuff uh, and all that don't ask me about blockchain that's a different thing entirely that's like made up money to eat made up food I think not sure but yeah patreon.com forward slash Danasac if you want to give me money uh, because you're enjoying it because I'm improving your life uh, wait sorry but I got excited there a little too excited to be fair but yeah let's get on with it and I'll, then i'll talk to you again in about 60 minutes or so how's that sound yeah go ahead enjoy enjoy step onto the legendary clay courts of roland garros where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the french open title Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. No, like, uh, I think every podcast starts with me hitting record and saying, there's no intro. Okay. Which has now become, I suppose, its intro. Okay. Me just saying, yeah, I don't do an intro. Why Why would I tell you who you were? Because you know? <laughs> maybe they want to know. Hi, I'm Stoya. Um, I work with sex a lot in various forms, um, and I'm here to do a podcast today. Perfect. We're done. That's Yay. all we need. Right, I'm done. I'll just edit other interviews that make you sound racist. <laughs> That's going to be great. But, like, you work with sex, but you, you're at, like, an intersection between pornographer, actress, writer. You're a fleshed-out version of sex. It's not just, you not just banging. There is actually discussion of sex. Yes, we, yeah. Um, put in context. So I was, I was a performer in front of the camera for about 12 years. Um, I consider myself retired now, but I'll still do things for my own project every once in a while. Um, Zerospaces.com. Um, sometimes, like, I, I'm sure that one day someone's going to come to me with, like, the perfect offer. And I'll be yeah. like, yeah, I'll go get tested. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, but I don't consider myself an active performer anymore in that, like, I'm not really qualified to comment on what working conditions are like mm. at the core of the adult industry anymore. I don't know. I mean, and it, it seems like it's changed dramatically in the time you've been, you were in the industry. Porn just moves quickly. Mm. Like, the, you know, the turnaround time for most companies between shooting a scene and releasing a scene is, like, so short. Mm. Like... You see a behind-the-scenes picture on Twitter, and like a week later, like there's the scene. Um, so things can adapt really quickly, mm. and I think we go through. I think the adult industry goes through trends more quickly than mainstream. Like mainstream films, we've seen this like total takeover of superhero stuff, but it's taken ten years. Yeah. Porn had its superhero phase. It had its oil phase. Mm-hmm. Now it's in some weird, like, faux incest phase that I just cannot stomach. Like, it, is it, not, it squicks me out. It's really odd at the moment. Like, especially as, um, we, we, yeah, let's talk about the, the, the business of it, really. That we're in this tube site version of what pornography is. Yeah. Yeah, the tube sites 
in my mind, are like uh, Spotify. They're this algorithmically driven mm -hmm. version, but they're always self-fulfilling. So instead of, I don't know, going into a record shop and someone handing you this bespoke bit of porn they know you're going to like, what you're getting is this general, oh, well, everyone else is watching this, so you'll like it too. Version. Right, which then, especially with people who don't have a fully formed sexuality yet, mm. they go after, like, they respond to what they're fed, and then they look for more of that. Yeah. Um, so we kind of, like, you know, ideally, people are able to explore mm. with some degree of autonomy. And... They, while they technically could, the way the tube sites operate, it's like against exploration mm. and for <clears throat> zeroing in on your six keywords that like give you exactly what you want. So it's like schoolgirl, anal, brunette, yeah. rough, and then like. But, but that's the, th the thing as well. Like when I'm going to link everything back to music because I can do that. That's what I do in life anyway. But like with with music, we we genre for like genre mm -hmm. we put things into these boxes that get more and more uh deep and narrow so like yes. you, you can have electro but that can lead into now wave and vapor wave and disco yeah. not disco but porn because of the way the tube sides work you only get that top line genre which has got to be frustrating because you get the most like raw and vaguely misogynistic mm. And it's like a special, like, it's like three quarters of the way to misogyny. Like, it's not like full on. Like, you're not like, wow, I'm like watching a rape. But you're yeah. like, everything's a bit uncomfortable. Um, which I, you know, I must say, sometimes the feminists have a point. And if all they're looking at is what pops up on the first page of Google when you type in porn, mm. I see their point. There's a lot of great stuff, like Shine Louise Houston, Erica Lust, Toby Holmeyer, like um, Courtney Trouble at Trouble Films has an eye for picking up like new voices in the space, but they don't get the same amount of coverage mm. that Pornhub does. So people go to Pornhub and they walk away thinking that that's all that porn is. So well, they're missing all this great stuff. And because of... Um... There was a burp there. There was classy. <laughs> just do that. Just do a burp. Um, because of how good the tube sites are at manipulating the search engine optimization or link mm. juice, as it's being called at the moment, <laughs> which juice. just... Mm, like bin juice. That's horrifying. <laughs> Pretty That's much. That's really gross. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Well, it's the internet. I, feel, I, just, I just took a bath this morning. I washed my hair. It's still wet. I feel like I need another shower. We, After Link Juice. We had the most awkward shower. No, not to digress, <laughs> but the hotel shower has, has one of those. It's not like a mixer tap. It just has a, a temperature gauge. But that temperature gauge had no relation to the temperature of the, the okay. thing. So it would not get oh. less than scalding. So Andrew wanted to wash her hair. So she's like bobbing in like a chicken, getting her hair wet, shampooing. And then I'm going over to the sink with a bin. <laughs> filling it up with lukewarm water. Are you ready? Are you ready? There <laughs> we go. And then just dodging our, our genitalia into the water. Oh, God. It was a good day. It was a good start to the day. 
Nobody told me that those like tiny efficiency showers in Europe, mm. you have to turn the water off in between. <laughs> you can't just like leave it run. There was a month long trip in Europe where I flooded three separate bathrooms. I felt like <laughs> such an asshole. And like it's all Airbnb, so there's no one you can call to be like, I need some help. Like it's just like you're like mopping up water with the towels. Jesus Christ. Um, I do want to go back to my history with sexuality though. Mm. What's taking up my time now is all this really interesting stuff. Like there's a sex literature focused book club that I run in Gowanus once monthly? a month. Yeah, yeah, third Sunday of every month. Um, and so we get people in to talk about, we use one specific book as kind of a lens to talk about modern sexuality. So mm. we're like, having these conversations in a room with each other. Are the, are the book choices focused in modern, or are you using older books we use as a... a whole range. ...juxtaposition? Um, we've done everything from Story of the Eye through to, like, Lara Antonio's super sex-positive mm. um, BDSM work. Um, this year, we're including Song of Songs from the Bible. Okay. It's like for that time, yeah, it's yeah. practically pornographic. Yeah. Um, and it, it's short. Like mm. it's it's not like I'm asking people to read like the whole gospel or something. <laughs> <laughs> the begats in Genesis, like no. Yeah, I yeah. I wouldn't ask anyone to do that. Oh my god. Um how how are you finding that from from the point of view of um like you obviously were discussing sex from an early age mm -hmm. by the cuz you're um, obviously I've done vague research. Obviously you, your mum was quite feminist. My quite... mom was pretty feminist. Mostly my parents let me read literally whatever I wanted to. Mm. So in with all the science fiction and the biographies and the history books was books about sex. Yeah. So then I accidentally, and it was truly the blind leading the blind, but like I was the person people would come to when I was a teenager, <laughs> like, like peers who go like, oh my God, my period's late. What do I do? And I'd have to yeah. get in there and be like, well, you know, sometimes that's the thing that happens. That's a thing. Have you done anything where you might have gotten pride? Oh, you went swimming with someone. No, that's not how that works. That's not going to happen. Like, okay, you just need to, like, remain calm for a couple weeks. Like, maybe take a pregnancy test after then. Yeah. Like, um, which was just such a mess and, like, really tells you about the state of sexual education in America at the time. Yeah, this is this is something we I thought we would probably get to at some point, but how... Um, UK sex education is better than it is in the States, but it's still very much leans harder into prevention of sex than it does safe sex. And uh, it doesn't ever talk about any LGBT sex mm -hmm. at all. There's no, we're, we're currently having problems at the moment where schools are, uh, parents are pulling kids out of schools. Uh, especially in fairly religious communities, because they've started talking about sometimes a man loves a man okay. uh, without any actual sex involved, just yeah. literally relate the relationship between two men. So we could be doing better. You've got all this access to the internet. Like I can't imagine if I was 13, obviously I'm 40 years old, so mm -hmm. I got my sex education off rumor and graffiti, um, <laughs> essentially. But... Like, I can't imagine now where, where you've got this being confronted by the extremity of some porn 
at the same time as nothing to explain that to you right. without context. I mean, so like I've engineered my whole life to stay the hell away from kids, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Like you do, I do have a couple of friends now who've had babies, so like I've interacted so with you have infants. to look at them occasionally. Yeah, and you're like, oh, so cute. Or like, yes, I guess I'll hold this tiny creature and feel very nervous because I'm, it is tiny and delicate. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm, I was focused on pornography for a number of years, which is a continuous effort to avoid minors. Yeah. Like, we, we ID them at shows. Like, you go to a convention and you know that anyone who comes in the door is above the age of 18. And like... Yeah. Um, so, I don't, I don't actually know what kids are doing, but I just have this feeling because I've heard... There was literally one radio show where they played me a clip of a teenager saying, I'm a teenager and I learned about sex from porn. Mm. And I'm like, okay, this is all messed up. Personally, I think we ought to force the tube sites to require actual age verification. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, the act of payment like provides a certain amount of protection. That's what the UK is about. Although they've delayed it a couple of times, I think, I think maybe it's right now, it's this week or next week that the, the tube sites have to provide age verification. So now MindGeek, but which Mind is Geek, the company uh, that owns Pornhub and yeah. most of the tube sites, how do we think it's ethical or appropriate for, for them, them to, to be, be providing the verification? Like, no, no, so absolutely think, not. I, I call bullshit. We've got three companies doing it. They, they're the ones who have the most of the... So they're running Age ID. Mm-hmm. I think they're running some of the... So you can go into a, a news, news agent's liquor store or whatever and buy a card to yeah. prove. But they're running some of those as well. And, like, I'm sorry. I bought cigarettes underage. I bought alcohol underage. Yeah. I was 13, looking at porn, scamming people into buying me cigarettes, and sneaking booze out of my parents' liquor cabinet, and replacing the whiskey with water Ooh. plus food coloring so it was the right color. Like, yeah. I just, I, I know how you sneak into things. And so I'm like... Like, and a tech-savvy kid, it's like three Google. It's, three, yeah. it's one Google search and three clicks, and you're around it already. You've got a yeah. VPN or You've got or a VPN. You look like a U.S. citizen. Yeah. You're using Pornhub like a U.S. citizen. You're being exposed to all sorts of things that you don't have the emotional maturity to understand. Mm. Like, BDSM is really confusing for people that don't know what's happening. Well, the thing about, like, if you look at a website like um, kink.com mm-hmm. who they used to I don't know that they do it anymore but they used to you would have the scene but you'd also have uh, a conversation uh, you would have a pre-scene video that showing shows the negotiation the and the consent and then you would have a post-scene video and partially like partially that post-scene video helps to make it clear that, like, this was a fantasy that everyone agreed to play out. Mm. It also does a really important thing, which is show aftercare. Like, aftercare is really... When you when you take yourself, like, so far out of reality and have a really intense experience, having almost a ritual of returning to normal mm. is really helpful. Um, and, like, I've... I've been through some therapy. <laughs> I've been through some therapy about some hard stuff. 
and the sessions where we were addressing the hard stuff, there was a ritual at the end. Mm. Like you like go into the hard thing, do the work, and then like the last 10 minutes are about bringing you back to the present moment, making sure you feel like solidly within your own body. I was, obviously everyone who listens to this knows I've, I've had a lot of counseling and I was always really impressed at um, how my counselor just guided it back, like without ever looking at a watch. She, yeah. she just had the rhythm to, right, we've gone as far as we can get into this and just guide you back without ever even realizing that I was being brought back in the room as yeah. such. It's, uh, it's a skill. And uh, yeah, it's one of those things like in my fantasy brain, it's like I'd, I'd love to do that for a living. But all I know is that I'd get into the conversation and be like, really? Oh my God, what a bastard. I can't I'm, believe he did that. I'm actually... Um... There's a there's a program called Peer Specialists, and it's um, you only need a high school diploma for it. They use people who've been through their own mm. mental health recovery process to provide services that like you don't need an LS LCSW mm. to provide. Um, and I, I went through the training for it. I'm waiting to hear back about my application. I was really honest, so I'm a little nervous. Yeah. Um, like, but that's a weird state of affairs like, when like, we're, we're honest and that makes us worry. Who's your employer? And I'm like, self, Stoya Inc. Oh, boy. Like, let's just see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's, like, there's training that counselors take to be better at active listening and to ask more useful questions. Mm. Which is really cool. Yeah, knowing the question to ask. I think this obviously this isn't very much unlike therapy, but I'm we're what you'd be the eleventh one I've done, and the amount of times that I'll listen back to do the edit, and I'm like, why didn't you ask him about Berlin? He said he he'd just been living in Berlin. That was that's a great look. We you idiot. <laughs> but the, uh, that one in particular, he's literally talking about. Uh, having a stress-related breakdown. So I, I did the right thing, but my yeah. brain was like, I know you're in pain at the moment, but Berlin, good city, <laughs> isn't it? It's amazing. Were you like closer to the east? It's great out there. Not too gentrified. I mean, that's true. It's <laughs> the, the nature of the thing. I think uh, traveling, I know that's completely off the point, but you obviously, you talk about in your book, Eastern Europe a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think especially being British, when we're getting all this rhetoric about these evil Eastern Europeans coming into our country and all this, yet having been to like Slovakia, Slovenia, Croatia, Hungary, I was only in Hungary for about three hours, mm -hmm. but I've been there and I know then that no, there's very little, the signs look different, but the people are much the same. They still laugh at dick and fart jokes. They, they, <laughs> but you know what I mean. There's not. There's very cultural differences. Yet the core of the individuals is no different. They want the same things we do. They, I don't know. It frustrates me. So I've been to every continent except Antarctica. Well, you failed. And I'm, you, I'm you, looking. I'm looking for a way to out. go to Antarctica. Um, for like some reason, yeah. like really, I want to shoot in around the world in 80 ways there. I want to masturbate in a snowsuit. I just can't justify the cost of flying me in a camera yeah. operator all the way to Antarctica. Um, one day. One day. One <laughs> Zerospaces.com. Give me money. I'll make this happen. <laughs> um, but I found, and I haven't been like everywhere. Like mm. there's 
big chunks of Asia I've never seen. It was only in Moscow for a few days. I've never seen St. Petersburg. Like, mm. um, South America, I've only seen Porto Alegre. Mm. But I've noticed, like, food, at the end of the day, there's some starches, there's some green vegetables, there's some meat. Mm. There are, like, four kinds of meat. And, like, it's all... It's all the same stuff mm. with just like different spices, different preparations, different whatever. Um, and I started to feel very much like the beauty of human diversity is in the individual. Yeah. Which fits really well with like being an American growing up with our like individual self-determination. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, like we all have like these very few basic things to work with and then what we end up doing with them whether it's food or our lives is so varied and diverse and fascinating yeah yeah, yeah. we were um we were at a really fortunate time i suppose because we get to see the world like generation ago it was far harder to travel like i yeah. come to america every eight to ten weeks see andrea like, but I remember being a kid and my parents were trying to come to America. We were going to do a trip to America and yeah. it was going to be thousands. And it's like, oh, can we do this sort of thing? Whereas now I'm like getting the super economy flight with BA. Yeah. Yes, yes, I fly BA. I'm, I'm a patriot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I fly Air Serbia whenever I can. Do you? Yeah. You've you got Serbian roots a in quarter. there as well. A quarter. Yeah. So you get the double whammy of, of being patriotic. Well. Uh, oh, okay. So <laughs> it's a two-part. I'm just already saga. excited about what we're gonna hear now. <laughs> so I had like seen football. Yep. Right, like I'd like been around where a game was on, going mm. like, oh, people are excited about this because this is a thing. Massive swaths of people get excited about. The biggest sport in the world. But I'd never cared. Really about any sports. Like, yeah. I'm like, it's like a miniature war with very low stakes and people get very worked up and, like, I just don't understand. And last summer, I'm in Belgrade. I'm at a friend's apartment and the game comes on and he's like, okay, it's 8 o'clock or whatever. I got to put the game on. Um, and he's like, those are our guys. And I'm like, who's our guys? And he's like, well, it's the Serbian team playing Switzerland. Yeah. And the Swiss team is a lot of Albanians. So there's some static. Yeah, yeah. There have been some gestures made. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, hey, Pix. Hi. That's perfect. We're not gentrified yet. But we're talking, <laughs> this, this, would be, this would be happening at a football match. Yeah. Um, so then I'm like, okay, I have a meeting, I gotta go, and I'm walking across Belgrade, and there's this open area with a huge TV screen and all these people watching, and as I'm walking past, out of the corner of my eye, I see the ball go towards the net, and our guy, and in that moment, he is our guy, kicks it back out, and their guy goes like, like aggressively running his fingers through his hair in yeah. frustration, and my hand forms a fist and it gets all the way up in the air before I'm like, what is happening <laughs> to me? And I grab it and I put my hand back in my pocket and I'm like, I'm going to think about this later. And the next day I'm with my friend Lazara. She's amazing. She's so like politically astute. And we're talking and she's um, she goes, you felt patriotism. And I'm like, no, patriotism's like the worst. Yeah, and no. she's like... 
No, 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 that's not nationalism. Because I came to her and I'm like, I think I, I think I understand a new level of nationalism. And she's like, you know, this patriotism. And I'm like, patriotism is like a bad, like it's a really bad thing. And she goes, no, honey, Bush confused you. <laughs> he used a good word for a bad thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, okay. So I've been the. The whole journey from the airport back to Frederick, um, I, I could not stop talking about the flag, the, the stars and stripes. I just, every time I come to America, I really notice just how many flags are there. And obviously you get them outside car dealerships because they're, yeah. they're, 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 they're cultivating an identity, mm-hmm. even though it's a Toyota car dealership. I'm, we're not really Japanese, honest. Um, <laughs> You know, America, America. But then you get them on like bridges across freeways where someone just just cable tied a, a flag to that bridge. That's you know what I mean. And it's like there's some I, I it because I come from a country where one of our flags is seen as racist. The just the red cross on a white back. The St George's cross is kind of seen as our just because a lot of. Um, the English Defence League and the British National Party have okay. all really lent into using the St George's okay. Cross, um, and it's the because that's the English flag, not the United Kingdom flag. So, like, kind of, we don't see that flag as much as we really should. You know, it's not a racist thing. You see it whenever football's on. It's okay. the only time, but because we don't put the flag everywhere. Yeah. I don't really think about what that flag means. Right? You guys put Big Brothers watching you on CCTV signs everywhere. Yes. Yeah. I think it's the same <clears throat> thing happening. Mm. Like it's this display of like, mm. like government daddy has an eye on you. Oh God. And we're the most CCTV, we have the highest CCTV coverage of any country in the world at this point, especially in central London. And it's, it is an odd one. It's there for your safety. Is it though? Yeah. Like, is it though? I rem- are we sure about that? I remember being at a train station and I'd been on a long journey and you're not allowed to smoke at train stations and I found myself a sneaky corner uh. and having a cigarette and then over the tannoys, I can see you. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even say no smoking or anything. I can see you. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing about traveling in Europe is you're on a train and people get off the train at the stop will smoke for five, six minutes mm-hmm. and then get back on the train. But literally every stop and it's just kind of nice social moment. Yeah. Everyone, before they go back to their books, oh, hi, where are you going? Oh, excellent. Yeah, back to your book. I quit smoking the way I like to tell the story. Natasia Dreams came to shoot for Zero Spaces and her performance was so good that it cured me of the <laughs> demon tobacco. But like... <laughs> Really, I've fallen off the wagon numerous times. Yeah. Um, every time. So I'm on this thing called the Jewel now. And They're they have, really strong. They have they the normal like 5%. Giddy. And I was down to the 3%. And I mm. fell off the wagon and got a pack of the 5% pods. And I'm like, this is so much better than what I used to do, which is get a pack of cigarettes and smoke it all. What did you smoke before as well? Parliaments. Oh, okay. So they're, they're a tasty cigarette anyway. Very tasty. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I roll my own, so I'm a little, I feel a little less bad because yeah. I, I can roll the lip when well, I'm... has less chemicals that skinny way. ones as well for when yeah. I'm feeling guilty. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. But the only thing that actually makes me, not being able to walk upstairs is fine. I've accepted that. 
Oh. But the dirty fingers is the thing. Yeah. If I've been working as well, if I've been like producing or whatever, I'll, I'll tend to smoke a little more. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, I'll see my fingers and it's like... You're like, I, ew. I went to shoot a, a video um, the other day. I just... Uh, my porn is a synthesizer on a desk with a camera on it. Okay. You know, I went to shoot one and I'm playing and then I'm, I can't put that out. My fingers look gross. It's like, yeah. what? Um, we got completely sidetracked. We but did. that's good. We can go back to the sex advice column, which is the so other thing that, that takes up my time. It's for Slate. Yeah, yeah, how are you finding that? Because, like, you're perfectly positioned to be able to talk about that. But I find some of the questions, like, mildly irritating. Um, so this is not my first advice column. Mm. I had about a year with Refinery29 and then about a year with um, The Verge. Mm -hmm. And then I had a few months with an outfit called Bullet that was really cool, but they went out of business. Which is the way at the moment. Yeah. So then Slate was like, hey, we're starting a sex advice column. We'd like you to audition. Mm. And I sent in my thing and they were like, okay, we want to pair you with this guy. And I'm like, can I see his answers? And they sent him over and I'm like, he's brilliant. I love yeah. this. Um, and I, you know, after years of freelance writing, I have a contracted position. I'm an independent contractor, but I have paperwork. Yeah. Like they have obligations to me, just like I have obligations mm. to them. And there's an editor who sifts through all the questions. Okay. So I don't have to deal with 500 versions of, I saw you told this woman that her bright red <laughs> labia are probably perfectly fine and normal, but mine are a little bit purple. Am I normal? Because that was refinery. <laughs> and also, how can I be squeaky clean for anal, which is just like, you can't. Yeah. Like, you literally, it's it's your rectum. You can't make it squeaky clean. You'll kill yourself. Yeah. Like... Do not, under any circumstances, ever involve Lysol on the inside of your body. Well, people... Like, that's my worry. When people are like, how can I be squeaky clean? I'm like, oh, my, just for the love of God, do not stick anything antibacterial up there. Like, I, th- I think if, uh, like, in a heteronormative relationship, you're going to be doing anal, you just have to accept the idea that there might be poop. But it's, you're going to Poop's house. Yeah. Like, he might be home. He might yeah. have left some of his stuff laying around. Yeah, it's... just just accept that it might be there and and, yeah. and have, uh, maybe you can have a poop safe word if you want. Yeah. You know, squeamishness. You just, I mean, you can just be like, hey, poop, it's time to stop. Yeah. yeah. I... Oh, I just, I need the loo all of a sudden. Yeah, you need the loo. Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's real, let's be real, that's how it happens. Like, your partner's the one who notices yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. Like we in pornography, we we can do the really like gr- almost grotesque kind of close up, gapey stuff. The thing yeah. I, I don't want to see inside for some reason. Maybe I, maybe there's something wrong with me, but I just don't wink it's at me. A bit of a vertigo feeling. Yeah, like looking inside a person that way. Like you're like, yeah. whoa, am I gonna fall in? Wait, is that your soul? <laughs> Basically. But like, it gives this weird impression. You know, there's. Again, we come back to like the idea of context, like yeah. that. I almost, if you're gonna have that, this at least have a conversation at the start. There might be poop. Okay, there might be poop. Excellent. We've or we like, both know. there's definitely gonna be poop. Let's not do this right now. Yeah, yeah. It's also an option. <laughs> must be. Uh, I, I kind of the must be weird to have to like time you meet. Right, I'm going to work, and that's what's gonna be happening. So I need to eat. Specifically, 
at this time. So for, I'm, for porn scenes, I can't have coffee that morning. At all. So like I want to shoot the anal scene in the morning. Get it done. But that doesn't necessarily happen. So then I'm just grumpy all day. And like... <laughs> And I'm like, I'm 32, I'm going to be 33 in like two weeks. I'm too old for that shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not restricting my food and my coffee intake to do an anal, like, it's not worth it. Um, <coughs> I, I have other things. I can sit at my desk and drink all the coffee I want and answer people's sex questions. That's, like, yeah. And the coffee's the important thing at the end of the day. It really is. Priorities, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of the, some of the questions that my editor sends me are a little annoying sometimes. Mm. Like there's one specifically coming to mind where I was looking at the guy's question and I was just so certain that he was the problem. Mm. And so I said that. Was this one you shared just recently? I, I don't know. There was one where the guy was like, oh, we've got this really hot relationship. Everything, we're, we're, we're so into each other but how do we keep up the okay that's a different one but yeah with him too i was like i'm not hearing anything about what he likes about her as a person that was so it i don't know if he's like i don't know if there is something there. like because he kept, he talked about his his last relationship ended b- because they lost the heat as such mm-hmm. and all that and it's like but i know nothing about her right like, like i know the sex is hot that's yeah, it which is which is great and that that could be the just those first few months or weeks of infatuation but like if we don't know who she is or it just felt really odd I I don't know that I could have a measured response to people I find it really awkward anyway to to not go you're being ridiculous come on come on I've always believed that everyone's the expert on themselves yeah and I've always liked this kind of like Socratic method of like, all right, let me ask you a couple of questions and then we'll see if you come up with the answers. Mm. Um, and having, having done the peer specialist training, that's a thing that they've like formalized. Mm. Like there's a whole course on asking open-ended questions and actively listening. Mm. Um, and so kind of like since then I've become more formal about that with the columns. Like I'm like, okay, like here are your questions, and I am on the right track giving you questions to ask yourself, and so I feel more confident yeah. in that. And then, like, here's some fun things that you might not know because maybe you haven't spent most of your 20s completely focused on sex. Yeah. Um, so, like, here's a couple tricks. Knock yourself out. Go forth into the world. Weirdly, that sort of loops back to your, your writing, that I think a lot of, a lot of men won't read your book because you're a woman and it's about sex yet in multiple points in your book you are speaking directly to men in ways that would really help men like like uh you talk about turgidity of a penis and and its relevance to the sexual experience it's not very (laughs) well you've like it is one of those things i i you've got hands like you've got hands you've got a mouth there are toys, like there are all sorts of things. And like the the act of, of doing something else might be the thing that gets the penis jealous enough to go, hey, that's exactly. I want to get involved. It's exa- you just have to ignore the penis Don't for like ten me. minutes, and it comes right back. But like you talk about that, you talk about size to some extent, and it's, but not just that. It, I don't want to make the the book. The book is collected writings, essays from from 
cerebral discussions of like the semantics of sex yeah. through to just raw uh, moments that happen. The the war correspondent one really sticks to mind. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think probably sticks to mind because he's British and I'm British. So I'm like, <laughs> good lads, get in there, doing it for the country, patriotism. <laughs> Oh, it pains me so much. There's a part two to that where he embarrassed himself and then asked me not to write about it. Um. And I agreed not to write about it. And so I feel like I also shouldn't talk about it. But it's just yeah, such yeah, a yeah. good dude story. <laughs> like, it's so educational. I don't know, whatever. We can, we can hit pause. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. No, uh, I'll tell you after. But that's... Um... Hi, Puff. Probably smell Andrea's cat on that bag. Andrea's cat doesn't like me until I've been there for about 12 hours and got some of Andrea's scent on me. Mm -hmm. So, like, then when I go to stroke him, he's like, he thinks at first it's Andrea. And okay. Then, then he's fooled for a second. Then he's like, hang on a minute. What's going on here? Your hands don't look right. <laughs> um, how was it to... Obviously, like I say, it's collected essays, mm -hmm. the book. How was it to go back through and, and make a selection? So, um... Like narrowing down what you want to say. Yeah, so I have significant ADHD. Mm. Like, it's enough where once I finally started taking medication for it, if I don't take the medication, I'm like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with me? Um, and it's... there. There is the attention component... It's not named very well. Like, mm. the name of it, Attention Deficit, like, doesn't really describe yeah. the set of issues. Um, one of the things I've noticed with Ritalin in my life is I can actually, like, wrangle things on a medium-sized scale. Mm. I'm still, like, a large scale is kind of beyond me. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't in a place like a year and a half ago, two years ago, when we decided to do the book to impose any sort of structure. Mm. Um, like, I, I literally wasn't capable of, like, thinking of structure on yeah. a book size. So I sent over everything. Like, I was like, all right, here's both blogs, like the old one mm. and the new one, which is hellostoya.com. Um, so here's both blogs. Here's links to the other pieces. Because you've written a lot for Vice and the I Guardian. I didn't touch for... anything from Vice. Um, as much as they like milk it, I wrote for them for a year a long time ago. And people do say that like I talked about important, useful things, but my writing wasn't. Mm -hmm. You know, I hadn't I hadn't worked with the New York Times and been through that process. There's I a hadn't. line in in the book where. Um, you talk about embracing capital letters. Like, you talk about that being this moment where you take writing seriously. Because yes. you, I accept punctuation. Yeah, Finally, like punctuation is a thing that like I, people do. I should look into that. I, I have evolved. I'm a writer yeah. now. Um, so I just sent everything over and the editor was like, okay, do we want to do these in order or out of order? And it was like out of order with timestamps. Mm. And she made it into something that feels like you're going through a book. She did a really good job. I couldn't, because it felt like things were thematically, like the book feels like a series of Venn diagrams. So things overlap with each other and the next thing overlaps with the next, but yeah. maybe 
two stories apart, they're not related. Uh, two two chapters apart, they're not related, but they were related how you got there, which I felt really nice. It was like there were themes, and we're going to delve a little deeper into this theme, but that theme's going to evolve us into another theme. Okay. So I didn't the know. The thing if we that touched was... on here gets delved into the next one. In there, but maybe that skews us off into different directions and stuff. Yeah. And it, the weird thing was, was the few, the things I found quite interesting was like when you bring in something from outside the blog, you're obviously your style may have to change a little. So when you're doing the hustler yeah. talk, obviously I'm seeing that without pictures. I'm assuming that went out with the pictures you're yeah. taking on, on the journey. Which was sound, I, the cats were my favorite bit. I know no, I shouldn't say that, but just the, I felt so bad for them. But it was also like once I got them home and they were safe and like yeah. back to normal. It was like guys, I mean, you went through the stages of protest. Yeah, how many <laughs> days journey was that? It was like five or six. So they're just, so yeah. this is you moving. So for people who don't know, this you moving back from LA to here. Yeah. Basically. My roommate, Steve Pru, who's a photographer, he convinced a magazine to take like a photo spread and a travel diary. Mm. And then the magazine folded and then we ended up placing it with Hustler like years later. But Steve comes to me and he's like, all right, I found a buyer for the road trip photos. And I'm like, great. And he's like, and they want the essay. And I'm like, I don't remember <laughs> the, god damn it. And I happened to have like an old notes file because mm. I was taking notes as we were going. And I'm like, okay, 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 I got this. <laughs> I, I, I don't ever want to delve into my notes on my phone. There's, I like see some of the first sentence because it shows me by first sentence. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to know where that goes. <laughs> I can tell by the tone of those four words, I can see, no, okay. no. Although I find things where I, I'm really bad at naming songs. And because I write, these days I just write electronic music that doesn't, that has meaning to me, but doesn't have a narrative, doesn't have hooks and things. So I just write down titles that I like. Okay. But the, the titles file just reads like the most pretentious, like properly, properly. Um, but there'll be one or two that make a good. I, I did a soundtrack for this really small text adventure called um, Subsurface Circular. And all the names, the game's about AI. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but all the names are just related to, uh, okay, Weizenbaum, the, uh, Computery man, that's what I'm going to call him. He he made a, a computer-based counselor, did the Rogerian therapy. So it just asks you questions. Oh, wow. So uh, the song I named after that was Eliza, which is what he named his thing. You can still use, you can still get hold of his Eliza online. But it's really like, it's like the 60s idea of what a computer could do. Okay. But like, or one of the songs is named after... The serial number of a robot in a sitcom I liked. And it was like, for me, I was like, yeah, that's, that's good. Nice. And then I'm getting messages, why did you call that 2X4A3? Oh, I just, I just I thought I was being clever. I was being, to me, I was being clever, but now I have to explain it. It doesn't sound clever. You just have to be like, it's a me joke, don't worry it's, about yeah, it. Yes, for me. It's not yeah. for you guys. Um, I derailed this again <laughs> I derailed this let me so zero spaces yes we're gonna before we get to zero we're gonna get there bit by a short path you obviously 
your first big deal in porn was a deal with Digital Playground. Yes. So like major record label type. Yes. Big production. Very apt comparison, actually. It's yeah. It's... So big productions, also a three sixty deal. Oh, they so they were, were getting merch and um they were very controlling about creative work produced by me outside the brand Stoya. Like yeah. I had to get permission to do really anything creative. Um they didn't really like I kind of had to like fight them mm. with the writing stuff and the photo shoots because um, they're like, trying to co while, cultivate an image. Of... Yeah, every once in a while, like a fashion person would be interested in me, and fashion photo shoots are fun. Mm. And I would have to go and like ask, like, "Hey, <laughs> this person wants to put me in this magazine. Can I do this?" Because um, you can you can pose as well, but yeah. no, you oh, can't. Right. Well, you can pose in the. More fashion sense than versus the boudoir sense. Yeah. You're, you're strong. Your chin's always up. Like, someone who's good at fashion editorial particularly will cannot help but keep their chin up. Uh, it's something that, weirdly, I teach photography once a month. And, uh, yeah, it's the thing that we, we're constantly talking about. We're trying to... Because we... The people who come on our courses generally are men with money. Mm -hmm. They do, they shoot a lot of boudoir. Yeah. So trying to get them like, if you're standing up while you're taking this photo, you're doing it wrong. Like I yes. want you on your knees, looking up at her, giving her all the power. You know, and obviously if you're on a 50 mil lens, sorry, I know. <laughs> We're gonna get that photographer on in a couple of weeks. It'll be fine. Uh, if you're shooting on a 50 mil lens, you're getting that little bit of elongation as mm -hmm. well. So you're just giving all the power to the woman in the frame. And that's just always, for me personally, that's always way more attractive than looking down on someone who's looking demure. I don't know why, but you, you do that. And because you're slim, yeah. You can do angular really well. I read, like, people are usually surprised at how short I am. I'm not actually <laughs> short. <laughs> at, at the door, I'm five, I was like... I'm 5'6". Really? <laughs> like, I'm, like, a normal woman height. Yeah. But people are like, oh, I expected, like, 5'8". Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose we, because of the way the media is, the online is, what our idea of typical is changed dramatically from what it actually is. Like, yeah. the average woman is 5'6". But we're yeah. at that point where... What, you're and not wearing I here? I feel like the average woman is like 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. Really? Maybe American? Maybe. I don't know. Um, like I, for some reason, I feel like I'm actually a little tall, but... You tell yourself that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Whatever gets you through the day. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm above average. <laughs> I had a friend, we're going to talk about penises, but I had a friend who, uh, he was talking about penis size, and it, it was out of... He was a little bit tipsy. He would never talk about any form of sex with another man uh, any other time. And he was like, oh, no, no, I heard the average was like five inches and three quarters or something. So, And I'm bang on six. So. <laughs> and he was like, that quarter of an inch, that quarter of an inch is really making a difference. You know, And but he had to add, he had to feel like, no, I'm above average. Yeah. Like, I get it. I get it. But yeah. it felt really odd. So digital and then like with like acting stuff like again like they had a brand mm. and they didn't really understand what i was developing into because you were kind of old like for the razor dolls stuff you were doing before like colored yeah. hair and razor dolls the god girls mm. god's girls um oddly like i didn't have any visible tattoos so mm. it's like why am i so um but at the time it was considered odd 
to be not tan. Mm. Like that was an outlier. And of course now like I've seen more than one black female performer with some kind of like the one specifically I'm thinking of, she has, um, it's either small dreads or braids, but like it's her hair. It's mm. a natural for her style. Um, and that's allowed. Yeah. Like she gets plenty of work. Um, Anna Fox has numerous looks. I yeah. think she, she buys all her hair if I understand correctly. <laughs> I hope that's true. I really, really hope that's true. Having well, I hope this. she doesn't steal all her, but, all like, her hair. But like she well. shows up sometimes with like the big afro or whatever. Um, so there's a lot more room for diversity mm. in mainstream porn than there was when I started. Yeah. Because I, I was weird for being pale. Yeah. <laughs> like this is like, guys, it's like the 2000s. What are we doing? Um, I, I remember, uh, obviously I came up with Porn magazines and like shared pirated videos. Sorry, porn industry. Mm. Um, but actual VHSs, you know, vintage. Um, but I distinctly remember this issue of International Club being like an alt girl special. Mm -hmm. And it was a big thing because International Club had always been very glam. Very. But their version of alt girl was like, oh, we'll just give a glam girl a skateboard. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, there was one girl who had a, like a pixie cut and that was like, oh my God, she's so different. It's like, like, we were in a good You're place. Like, okay. Like if porn can be more diverse, then it, it hopefully gives a more diverse message. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But also thanks to the internet, like, you know, most of the magazines are dead. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. But so you went from that controlled environment to being independent. I, um, first they gave me a little more freedom mm. and then they were purchased by what was called Man Win at the time. Which is such an apt name. I just, that name. And like, I've heard a podcast where the guy who was in charge of the company at the time is like, I don't know, I'm German. I had no idea that this would be upsetting to the women in the Valley in America. <laughs> just ask someone. And I'm like, I'm just not sure I believe that. Cause I'm like, you have a wife. Mm. I've met your wife. She seems pretty sharp. Yeah. Like, you couldn't have run this past your wife, um, but also maybe it's unfair to expect the wives to pick up the, like, yes. <laughs> slack there. Job. Um, <clears throat> so they really changed the culture drastically, and I was like, you know what? It's time to put my money where my mouth is and see if the way that I think things should be done is functional. Mm. And so I co-founded a company called Trench Codex with Caden Cross. Mm. Um, I did sign an NDA, so I can't go into that time period very deeply. But as of December 31st, 2016, it was entirely hers. Yeah. Um, I hear from people but that sometimes. that was more curated smut. That was, it, was that, that was, the tagline? That was the smut? tagline was curated smut. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the one thing that was kind of interesting that I'm still sort of attached to is the squicks and squeeze system yeah. because people seem to like it so much. So for, for people who don't know, what, what is squicks and squeeze? So it was a, sorry, I'm just, I'll deal with that later. 
You're not important enough. Sorry. No, it's it's quite important. It's the owner of Fleshlight, but I can. I'm not going to like pause and it's, go outside. And, it's better to okay, do, okay. Yeah. But um, we'll edit the, that bit out. Okay. Just so that if they listen in, they don't. Oh, <laughs> oh <the> bitch! <laughs> Just sorry, Steve. I was doing a podcast. I was about to bring up the fact that my vulva in a tube with cool bits on the inside to rub your penis against is available at fleshlight.com. <laughs> is it um, forward slash Stoya? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Fleshlight.com slash Stoya. You can have any of my holes. They um, have a much better attitude than I do, I promise. Also, if you want to hear a good story about Stoya's Fleshlight, listen to the Guys We Fucked podcast. Oh my god. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it here, but I, I could not help but laugh. It was just one of those, oh. like, and I fingered a butthole. Oh my god. <laughs> this is one of the oddest moments of my life. The person that Christina Hutchins and I have in common, his mm. name's Stephen Penta. Um, we, he has this thing, he calls it, so my legal name is Jessica. Mm. He calls it Jessica's Rule. If things can get coincidentally weirder, yeah. they will get coincidentally weirder. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is my life. Like, yeah, yeah. your next girlfriend made a whole podcast because she was, she calls it femasculated <laughs> by the specter of Stoya. And like, he tried at one point, he was like, I think it might help if you two met and she could see what a spaz you are. And I'm like... <laughs> I mean, you're correct, I'm a spaz. I'm yeah. going to put my offendedness in the corner and, like, deal with this. <laughs> um, so we actually ended up doing a podcast episode years later mm. where they revealed that I'm the porn star they've been talking about this whole time. Yeah, yeah. And we had, like, a chat about, like, just, like, how weird. <laughs> it felt like a comfortable chat as well, thankfully. Like, yeah. you can imagine how it would have been... Super awkward. Uh, in their book, they called me the Mother Teresa of porn. I don't know if Christina knows that that's not really a compliment. <laughs> like, Mother Teresa was the worst, but I think I understand what she was trying to say. But so charitable. Was she really, though? I don't think so. Yeah, I feel oh, like we... that was the problem. Was, like, she was all this charity stuff, and then she died, and we found out that, like... She was... Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I remember... So we, obviously, in the UK... There was loads of people who just didn't realise Mother Teresa had died because Di died within such a close okay. thing. So obviously Princess Di being just just more clicks, really. In, in a sense, her death was more clickbaity than, oh God. than Mother Teresa's. So oh. hers took precedent. Where were we? We got distracted again. I like we it. We were, um, so this digital playground purchased by Manwin. You... Trench Codex came the squicks and the squeeze. The squicks and the squeeze, yeah. So, so what were they? Um... So first, we were like, we're going to need a way to organize the content. Mm. And then I was talking to the programmer, and I'm like, I like having a squick filter. And he's like, how about we, um, how about we add a positive function as well? Yeah. And I'm like, brilliant. So it became squicks and squeeze. And people could go and say, ABC squicks me out. And then you had the option to be warned about those things if they're in a video you're looking at. Yeah. Or to have videos that contain them hidden entirely. Mm -hmm. So, like, in theory, a person who knows me could have gone to the website and said, I don't want to see Stoya. Yeah. And had a perfectly Stoya-free experience, which you can't get on the tubes. 
Mm. So if you're, say, a family member and you want to watch porn, you might run into something yeah. that's, like, going to throw you out of the moment. Um, and it got it got some really interesting feedback. Tagging the videos was a huge pain in the ass. Because you did that yourself for the longest period. For you a big were having chunk of to it. watch everything and go through and Yeah. But also the tags weren't uh the the sort of blunt milf teen bullshit. Yeah, no, it was like makes... sometimes like ephemeral things. Yeah. And like a lot of um you know, this particular act happening, like spanking, mm. ass slapping, what's the difference? Every time we would, um, every time we would add like a new set of tags, you'd have to go back across the whole catalog. And redo. So it wasn't, it wasn't the most functional system at scale. Mm. Um, but I know Crash Pad series has been asking questions about the Squick Squeeze system. Mm. So it may be seeing a return in a different form, which okay. would be really cool because I'd like it to catch on it, like across the board, you know? I almost I would like it to catch on across the board, i.e. across everything we search, not just pornography, just so we can get that. I would like to be able to have a Trump-free day sometimes. Yeah. Like, I'd yeah. like to be able to tell my browser, look, I don't want to see anything about Trump today. I've mm. had enough. And, like, go and look at the rest of the news and, like... It would be nice to be able to just curate your own experience and not yeah. have to deal on on a vulnerable day... Like, uh, there's days I open Twitter and my first tweet of the day will be me being angry. And it's like, well, if I had been able to curate my experience a little more, yeah. you know, I can't control what somebody retweets into my feed. Yeah. You know, I, I've got a friend who's a, a dominatrix and I have to have her muted uh, mm -hmm. pretty much all times. Although she's like very political and I really like her stuff. Is there still a way to mute retweets? So, if you mute their, the person's name, so I tend to just mute their short name. Okay. So, obviously, that word would be seen in the retweet, so you wouldn't see it, mm -hmm. rather than muting the person as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, but, obviously, part of her work is selling her job. And so, yeah. I just don't want to see mangled testicles at 9am. I'm just, I'm, I'm just having my first cigarette <laughs> of the day. <laughs> And they're in, in some sort of truss and, and they're, they're not looking happy about it. I'm yeah. like, nope, yeah. That's not how I want to start good. my morning. I'm good. Yeah. But yeah, if we could do that. But the squicks and squeeze thing, definitely, I could see how it could be really beneficial as well. Um, because you can curate what you're seeing, but by your choice rather than by an algorithmic yeah. thing. And that's something that I think we could benefit with across everything, being able to find the nuance. By finding the nuance, we can find more things to love rather than what happens on something like Spotify. Is we find a lot of stuff where, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. You know, we find a lot of like average bagels on Spotify, but we rarely find that, you know, that sweet pastrami, mm, goodness, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I've not eaten meat in like two months, and I'm just all I talk about. <laughs> everything is, oh yeah, mm, brisket. <laughs> I go through phases with my period. <clears throat> like I'm ovulating right now, so mm. dairy's fine. 
Like dairy is appealing. So dairy's in. Like next week, I'll be like, God, I want red meat. Mm. And then the week after my period, I'm like, yeah, I'm like basically vegan temporarily. Yeah. Like it's weird. I suppose your body, your bo- what your body's craving is what it's requiring. Yeah. You know, you're getting rid of a chunk of iron, so you might as well put some back in. I guess. I don't, I don't know if it's that one to one, but. It's, you know, whatever my body's telling me it yeah. wants. I'm like, all right, let's do that. Or it could, it could be Except like, cake. I don't listen to it when it wants cake. Ever? I try not to. It's hard in this, in New York as well. Oh We're like... Delicious baked goods everywhere. So I, I live in a very average town and I live in the shit bit. So like my options of a cake are pretty much like two day old Danish from okay. a good coffee place. They make great okay. coffee, but... So it's fine. I can just go in there and I can look at them looking a little limp and think, mm-hmm. I don't need that right now. But yeah, if I lived here, we're staying in um, East Village. So okay. I would, I'd be 300 pounds within, I reckon I could get to 300 pounds in six months. Oh gosh. I reckon I could do it oh, wow. in this city. And it's cheap. Even the posh places that like <laughs> artisanal and that, they're still super cheap. Yeah. Probably not in context, but. Um, so zero spaces. <laughs> yes. I'm really good at this. Um, well, we're going in loops. We are. Like. We are. So zero spaces to me is, in obviously it's a zine in a sense. It's mm-hmm. like like a old school punk fanzine, but for sex, and you've got your articles and you've got you've got sex. You've got. I've only seen zero spaces one because um, I'm cheap. Um, and, uh, but then you've got like a photo shoot, you, an Instax shoot you did, mm-hmm. um, and then there's obviously sex scenes. But what I liked about it was we touched on the magazines dying. There is something of what I remember from seeing Playboys when I was 15. Yeah. Like, you had the articles, but instead of you, Playboys articles being essentially like, this hi-fi is really good, <laughs> which they did. Yours of, you're going to talk to people about sex or to have people talk who have an interesting perspective on yeah. that. So the first issue, I went to Luna Melbro and I was like, imagine a world where Anna Fox gets the cover of Time mm. instead of Mark Zuckerberg. Like imagine a world where we're so inclusive and so okay with sexuality that we're like, yeah, Anna Fox needs to be on the cover yeah. of one of the most widely read magazines. Now... We're not widely read at all. But in that world, who's the big profile? Mm. And she goes away and she thinks, and she comes back with Cayenne Dorishow, who's this amazing trans woman activist, like such an activist, so smart. She did a cookbook memoir. Mm -hmm. I have it on good authority that her cooking is delicious. (laughs) Um, And so like that, that was the big piece for the first issue. and it's, you know, there, there's still tits and sass. Spread Magazine was around for a number of years, but they were more for sex workers. Yeah. And this is more for, like, the whole world that's above the age of 18. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, like, it skews towards people who identify as, like, sapiosexual or are a little more intellectual in their day-to-day. Yeah. Um, but it's really, like, it's meant to be, like, open for anyone. Um, well, yeah, it's the, um, <clears throat> this cough will not go today. Would you like some water? 
Oh no, no, I'll just keep coughing. And uh, it's good, it's nice for the editing as okay. well. It, so what? Distraction, I'm not gonna explain how I get rid of the coughs. I'm looking at the mic, listeners. Um, so that idea of, you're not trying to force intellect into sex though. This is this thing that like, I, I hear people talk about, like when we talk about feminism and porn, when we talk about, when we talk about sex in actual detail, mm -hmm. People often react like you're trying to force this intellectual process in it. Yet, no, it is an intellectual process. Like, our, what we like has come through a process of our mind. It's not just something we instantly wake up one day and it's like, oh, I like this thing. Yeah. You know, it's we've got there by thought. Like, I like structured shirts. I don't know why. Always do. Like, it's just a thing I like to see. But that's come from somewhere yeah and that might be have come from media i've read or you know and that's an intellectual process and i don't know for me actually talking about sex naturally is beneficial mm -hmm. it strips away some of the guilt it strips away some of the oh this is a some shameful act like okay it, but it's not because Every hand you shake, most hands you shake in life have at some point had a dick in them. Yes. You know? Like, like this is it's one of the, it's no different to food to me. Like, if we could get to a point where people were as comfortable talking about sex as we were about food, then maybe we can stop worrying about sex and talk about something else. I'm going to be smug for a second. Go on. So, Zero Spaces has the online component that mm. also includes traditional porn sometimes, or... Like, yeah. you know, pretty close to traditional porn. And there's the literature book club, the sex literature book club, and there's the advice column mm. where I'm like half the answers boiled down to you're going to have to talk with your partner you about You're basically this. becoming the sexy Dr. Phil. Not to say Dr. Phil's not sexy, Ooh, but... <laughs> yeah, Dr. Phil's not sexy at all. <laughs> I don't like him at all. We're going to pretend you didn't say that. <laughs> but he does look Oprah. like a penis. I'm trying to be um. the sexy Oprah. <laughs> so it all it all contributes to trying to foster more open discussion around sex mm. and more actual thought about sex and the porn we're consuming and like what is porn mm. and then the like low key I don't know why I'm being so open about this I'm fine being open about it um, but the like heading towards social work life track mm. is like another like the aim is to see how i feel working with clients and if that seems appealing then go get the like million years of education and do sex therapy yeah because i'm seeing you know like okay like you have people who are struggling with things sexually and they write into the advice column and sometimes the answer is oh you need to see a sex therapist yeah and they're there are plenty. Like there's we've got we've got some pretty cool sex doctors in the world. Yeah. But I'm like maybe maybe I'd like to see about higher education <laughs> in that. Like maybe maybe I'd like it. I yeah. feel like it's worth investigating. Well it, it seems like you investigate a lot anyway. It seems like you're yeah. you're willing to put your brain into things. Your yeah. your writing clearly shows that. But I don't know, I think we 
yeah, the more barriers we can tear down, the just the better the world gets. Yeah. Because what happens, we pull down one barrier and well, we find, find another find barrier behind it. Yeah. But at least once that first one's down, we can start working on the next one. And it's yeah. slow going, but, you know. There's a couple of other things. Have you got time? I do. You sure? I'm yeah, because sure. there's like loads that I haven't talked about. I have another podcast at four. Another podcast at four. So guys, this is going to be a three hour special <laughs> here. Two parts. Two parts. Yeah, yeah. I've not done a two part yet. I just let them go to like two hours okay. and it's fine. They, I don't think they listen past 50 minutes anyway. <laughs> I think they just, they've fallen asleep by now. We should start talking a bit softer. We don't want to wake them up. <gasps> How's your sleepy hedgehog? <laughs> I don't, that's, that's a thing. Hey, what a way to end. Find out what a sleepy hedgehog is next week. I feel like there's probably better cliffhangers there that are more likely to bring you back. But that's the point. I didn't want to just cut Stoyer off halfway through a sentence. <laughs> just, just to drive clicks. I'm not that guy. I wish I was that guy. I would, I would have a lot more money if I was that guy. But money's not everything. Although, yeah, it sometimes feels that way. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. It was a really good chat. Um, and you've got more of the same coming. Obviously, a little more focused on the acting side of Stoya. Um, we, probably get, we do get into a bit more about fleshlights. And I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, hit up. Stoyer on, on Twitter at Stoyer. Don't forget to check out the blog, hellostoyer.com. Philosophy, Pussycats, and Porn is available at all good bookstores. I've got a horrible feeling we might not have said the title in the pod, but that's fine. I've said it twice now. And zerospaces.com. Um, also, maybe before next week's episode, grab yourself a copy of AI Rising. Uh, So you know what we're talking about with the movie. As ever, I hope you enjoyed it. And again, patreon.com forward slash danosack if you want to support the pod and you want me to continue creating gold for you. Because this is gold. Come on, just accept it. And yeah, I'll, I'll see you in a week's time. Well, I won't see you, but I'll hear you in a week's time for part two. Thank you in advance for spreading the good word. Have a lovely week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along, and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. 
What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 